Hello and a very warm welcome to Secrets of Storytellers. Well, Bad Boy Billionaires has a long list of people. Our society, our media has a way of showcasing them as exceptions. You know, the successful people as exceptions. They have either had a dark childhood or they are weird in some sense who can't seem to fit the everyday life of a normal human being. Or someone who's unique, almost like a maniac. Especially when they get rich, uh, they tend to become heady and their craziness uh, heightens. But that isn't reality. There are about 2700 billionaires on planet Earth and not all are alike. In fact, being extravagant or arrogant or glamorous is so easy when you are uh, when you have the money. What is rather an exception then is to find someone who can be grounded, humble, helpful and a kind-hearted person. I think we've hit jackpot today because we have such a person with us. He has very recently joined the Billionaires Club, an IIT graduate in computer science. and a phd in computer science from indiana university he is the founder chairman and managing director of persistent systems mr anand deshpande so let's welcome him and let's hear about his journey how's it been hello anand sir uh, welcome to secrets of storytellers how are you no thanks a lot for inviting me it's a pleasure to be on your show so i'm looking forward to it it's it's completely an honor for us thank you thank you so uh, anand sir i want to start uh, uh, with you know persistent systems obviously and i think you started uh, persistent systems in 1990 that was in fact the year i was born so after after almost 30 years of leading such a successful organization and also you know leading a successful personal life how would you measure your life today no say it's not a fair thing to do to measure life as such i think this as a journey and i think i'm not done yet you know i'm enjoying what i'm doing i have always had the positive outlook to what i do in life and I have no regrets at all. That's that's wonderful to hear for someone uh, who's led such a long life to say that you know uh, you have no regrets. You would you would probably have the same life again. Uh, I think that's a wonderful thing to hear. So uh, was was starting persistent or a business always something that you wanted to do, or was it more like a serendipity that happened? Uh, how did it happen? So very briefly, let me share a little bit of my background so that will give you a sense of how I landed up where I am. So I grew up in Bhopal actually. I did all my schooling in Campion School Bhopal. My father worked for Bharat Heavy Electricals and all of us in the township you know pretty much at that time it was engineering or uh, medicine and there was no other options really that we looked at. Right. Uh, I ended up in engineering and I ended up at IIT Kharagpur. Did a BTech in I started in aero but I trans changed in 2 years to computer science and I graduated from Uh, IIT Kharagpur in '84. Wow. Okay. Uh, then uh, there was our batch was the third computer science batch in in India from IITs, and then uh, pretty much soon after that, everybody uh, from our class was applying abroad. I did too. Uh, I got a scholarship, went to Indiana University Bloomington, uh, did a PhD in computer science. So, computer science when I was starting out was a early happening area. uh it was certainly aspirational to get into the department even in iit and even at iu it was very clear that computers computing computer science is going to have many different opportunities so um i was always uh, intrigued about doing something different doing something on my own and things like that and then after finishing my phd i ended up at india at uh, ulet packard in the bay area and i worked there for a couple of years exactly actually 18 months before i came back to india but while i was in the us and even while i was in college 
trying to do something of my own was always on the cards you know i always felt like i should do something on my own or uh, i was pretty uh, you know ambitious at that time as well and when i was coming back to india i had an option of trying to join somebody but i felt that you know i could take a chance to do something on my own so i pretty much came back from the us to set up persistent straight out of my 18 months in the us and i'm i was pretty young when i started the business right right but like you know that's a great idea i think a lot of us want to start up and do something of ourselves but what about the funding what about the uh, you know money that was required to start it did you borrow it did you loan it or how was that yeah so i didn't have much money okay and in india at that time money was a very different numbers actually uh, meaning uh, it's hard to imagine see 91 onwards uh, the whole concept of liberalization all that stuff happened prior to that you know most employees here most people here did not get paid a whole lot of money so i didn't come from a family which had a lot of money to support but you know i was trying to do a services business and uh, it was a business that i was starting out with very little cash in hand so the whole idea was that how can i find customers who would pay for the work that we can do and i had a few friends in the us who had run businesses before so they sh- they shared ideas on how this can be done and the idea was to try to build some interesting solutions out of india for customers in the us and that's what i was trying to do in the early days so i didn't need huge amounts of money but uh, i can share a story from my first uh, financial loan or whatever so i said i came back in october 1990 to start persistent and uh, we realized that in our business plan we needed to buy a couple of um my sun microsystems machines so that was the unix machines that i wanted to have for our business because that's what one of our customers was using and we thought it'd be a good idea to get that it was going to cost me about 7 8 lakh rupees in some sense and i had estimated that we needed a loan of about 6.98 lakh so 7 lakh rupees and um, you know i applied to bank of india for the bank loan which was a bank that my father knew he had been banking with them and they were one of the leading banks in the area so i i approached them and the chief manager was very encouraging and he said sure sure please apply uh, we will definitely be able to fund and all that stuff but even then the bank loans you take 3 to 4 months and i applied to him in january of 91 um having come back in 90 saying okay here's my business proposal and all of that and they said oh oh you are doing software and it so this is a priority sector bank loan so we need to send it to headquarters so headquarters was bombay so my loan application 7 lakhs in all uh, it took about 7 months to process and every other week i would go to bombay to make sure that the file moves from one desk to the other desk to the other desk oh god and it was quite a painful <laughs> process to get that 7 lakhs but i didn't have the 7 lakhs meaning i needed that loan i couldn't have managed this without the bank loan now the more interesting story that happened which was like even more strange was the following so i they approved the bank loan so let me say it this way so we actually let me give a little bit of context for 1991 sure so in 1991 when i started the business um so when i came back from the us vishwanath pratap singh was the prime minister of india okay and within a week after i came back we had the ratha yatra lal krishna adwani was on the ratha yatra and 
BP Singh government collapsed and Chandrasekhar became the prime minister of India and uh, at that point we were really broke in a sense as a country we had to take our gold and leave it in England to borrow money against that so the financial situation in India was pretty bad if you might say that pretty bleak yeah like yeah. worst time from India's point of view in a sense I mean we have never been right we've never had it so bad in the last 50 years let's say after maybe 69-70 and then 71 war 1990-91 was a pretty bad time for India anyway so that's when I started the business so the point I'm trying to tell you is that there is no such thing as a bad time to start a business okay any time is good <laughs> but anyway so I started around that right. time brought to the bank loan we I went to the US and France which is where our first customers were in 91 uh, May and this was the week after Rajiv Gandhi got assassinated okay so all of a sudden everything was elections were half done the other half happened after after June and all that and my loan got approved in the month of May end of May right I was not here okay we had put uh, certain things but they had put certain conditions for disbursement which means that they were going to disburse the loan only in June. Okay. Okay. And then what happened was I came back. We had some business. We wanted to get started. We had ordered equipment, which was, um, so they had insisted, the bank had insisted that they would, more than the bank, the vendor had insisted that you make payments uh, on bank, bank paying them. So I cannot pay the vendor. The payments through the bank. Okay. So they will release the equipment after the bank gives them the payment. I mean, I don't give them payment. Bank has to give them the payment. So my loan application was tied to that, right? And then what happens is that uh, end of June, uh, Narsim Rao becomes the prime minister, Narsim Mara. And then Manmohan Singh is the finance minister. And they changed the rate repo rate they, they change the sort of deposits that the banks have to keep for uh, reserve bank of india has a requirement that banks must keep a certain amount of deposits so my loan was approved but they could not disburse it okay <laughs> okay so i had a loan approved from the bank but the bank said i cannot give you the loan because now this has changed and the interest rates have changed and all that so our equipment was sitting in pune airport i could not clear that equipment because bank needed to give the loan the loan could not be cleared because the rbi had changed the uh, deposit deposits that they need to keep and all that and hence it was all very complicated and then we had to scramble so then i looked around for we borrowed some money from friends and family about 2 lakhs we borrowed i got a term loan from uh, not a term loan i got a working capital loan from syndicate bank at that and that was about a 4 lakh rupee loan so we used all of that money to get the equipment out and that's how we got started couldn't have been a worse time <laughs> so yeah meaning funding was uh, vcs and all that didn't exist in india at that time at all and it was mostly you know you started business with your own funds in a way or borrowed from the bank so that was the model of operations at that time but after we got our first two banks loans and then customers started to come in I meaning we had customers on day one then on it was much easier because once the customer starts to pay we had the cash flow running so we were able to bootstrap quite a bit without having to have our own money up. Right, right, right. Couldn't have been a worse time, I think, <laughs> to start to start a business. I think uh, India was going through so many changes. Uh, the whole financial structure was changing. 
uh, what manmohan singh did and you know like you said the the whole political scenario was so so unstable i would say correct but you know what that that also creates many interesting opportunities you are at a crux of disruption you're sitting with uh, no risk meaning what's the worst thing anyway you are scrambling anyway so it's a good time for entrepreneurs to get hungry get pushing and all that a lot of people think too much about macro climates when you are doing a startup at the startup stage a lot of these things don't matter a whole lot what matters is can you find your first few customers and that i was pretty sure i had and we started to move quite well in that context but but weren't you scared or uh, weren't you nervous or was it more like excitement when all this was happening you know the loan was not getting cleared even though it got cleared uh, you couldn't process the payments to the to the vendors how was your mindset back then well it was certainly stressful and it was also exciting it was also you know i was definitely nervous and all that but i said risks were very limited in the sense ki now i had a phd i had a computer science degree i knew i could always find a job at any time but i knew i wasn't keen on doing that i could do consulting if i wanted to but again i didn't do any of those things at that point i was quite willing to fight it out but it was tough but it was always exciting there was always a possibility i i could feel that the customers were very keen to work with us i had two customers on day 1 when we started and both of them very very keen to start working already and so you know meaning it was always uh, me i was very you know determined if you might want to say that right great and now that uh, you know persistent had started it had taken off uh, what was your dream that you had when you started mm. persistent where did you <laughs> See, it's like this. You don't dream big all on a day one on the same day. So you are always looking at small dreams, and as you get to that point or you get close to achieving it, then you put your next dream in in process. So this is how it always works. So the way I look at business and growth in business is, I find that it's a succession of S curves. Okay, so you do certain things, you see growth, you tend to flatten out. So when you are dreaming, you are at the beginning of a dream. You try to make a dream. that is a little bit of a stretch dream from where you are but it is not outrageously stretched that it is just a crazy dream right so you start with one dream and as you start to get on to that dream then you say okay what's my next one and the next one and the next one so you don't dream that one big thing thing so if very specifically if you said so we did a billion dollars we did 255 million last quarter right so we are on a billion dollar run rate at persistent so if you had asked me in 1990 oh will you be ever a billion dollar company are you thinking of a billion dollar business the answer was no absolutely not right uh, india at that time the total business about india from software point of view was about 50 million dollars of exports from india okay so i was not dreaming to be a billion dollar business or other So every few year, first few years it was okay can i survive can i make things made can i make a profitable business can i get from 0 to 10 people 10 to 100 people and it's a bit of can i keep doing exciting work and can i find work for you know all the people that we have so it was more about bringing good people together having fun together and building something that's very exciting and it was never a dollar dream that okay we need to be thousands of people or whatever else and most other companies in that time frame also were relatively small as compared to of course there were many many times bigger than us at persistent because we were 2 3 5 people but there were not like 10000 people companies in 1990 even tcs wouldn't have been that big right right recently persistent has given you the status of a billionaire was that uh, when did that come on the list of goals now that you have told us that yeah i was not born thinking i am going to be a billionaire <laughs> no yeah it's not like that it just happened in the last 4 years it's the last 2 years is when 
the stock run up happened so i could see that okay my stock is worth more than a billion dollars but but it's you know the way i look at it is like this right so i own stock in persistent that is worth more than a billion dollars that's that's the fact but beyond that it doesn't change anything right meaning it's not something i was planning i still continue to do what i was doing in persistent and persistent has a goal which needs to go where it needs to go and at the valuation of the company i own a certain percentage of the stock in the company and that reflects in my valuation but if you really think about uh, you know what does that mean for the me or for the company it's like i need to hold that stock in persistent because if i have to be part of the company and i need to run it then as a founder you know i see myself as the sort of the trustee for that part of the stock that is owned by me and that is worth have a lot of money but you know i'm not trying to sell it so it's not something that i'm looking to monetize so i don't see that as sort of quote and quote my wealth it's is what i need to have to keep the company going right uh, i'm i'm sort of uh, digressing here a bit but you know uh, you said you didn't start with that thought of becoming a billionaire and uh, what you have right now is sort of a notional value to no, it's not uh, notional it's quite real <laughs> it's not notional but <laughs> yeah in the sense that you're not going to no, cash, cash it, in it. Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's wealth yes correct in this in yes. that sense yes yes but then there there are a lot of youngsters uh, uh who start with that dream right away that you know i'm going to start a business and i'm going to take it to a level uh, where i'm going to make a billion dollars uh, is that the wrong is that the wrong mindset would you say yeah i mean there are many steps in between and even a 100 million dollar is not a small amount and 10 million is also not a small amount and you know it's yeah i mean i think there are only, as you said there are only 2700 billionaires right so it's not like you want to not everybody has to start with that dream there's a lot that you can do in the journey and i think focusing on the journey is more exciting more fun than just starting to say that where is the you know, net worth is a, is is important but it's not really one should not really focus on just that right and this this is a stock market driven number right? so the more of stock price goes down you know for a few months last year my my billion was not a billion was less there's <laughs> no difference really right <laughs> right right so i think people should not be thinking about their personal billion i think people should focus on getting better doing more and sort of enjoying the journey that they are part of doing what is right feeling good about what they are doing and you know as long as you are doing that and you have enough for yourself you know i don't have to worry about the actual value of the amount hmm right nice which brings me to uh, to the next question is that what is it you know it's been 32 years of uh, such hard work and you know achieving big thing big big milestones for persistent for yourself was it, what is it that still gets you going in the morning uh, what is it that you still want to achieve more uh, in life so i'm not doing a whole lot at persistent right now for the last two and a half to three years i have moved from being the ceo to the chairman so i spend uh, you know let's say about 20 25% of my time on persistent related activities and um, the thing was that i was running persistent for 30 years when i when i moved off and i was thinking that okay you know i can do this for another few years but maybe it's time to do something different so for the last th- so now i'm thinking how do i make an impact for the next 30 years and i'm thinking of projects and ideas which are more forward looking and more sort of how can i be more how can i make an impact how can i be contributing to what's coming up more so than specifically worrying about day to day stuff at persistent with persistent we have a full team and uh, they are quite well equipped and uh, you know that's really what it is all about is 
how do you transition so that it becomes a professionally run business and i have been able to sort of move myself from management to being part of the ownership team rather than being in the management and we have a strong management team that runs the day to day shop so i'm not uh, doing much of assistant management right now but i've been looking at many other things which i'd be happy to share with you but it's mostly non persistent things right so so the idea is to make an impact for the next 30 years and that's what you're focusing on that, that 30 is just a notional number who knows how long yeah, one yeah, will obviously. live that is a different thing altogether yeah, yeah. but the idea is to think a little longer term rather than looking at uh, what can i do in the next 2 years or can i look for something that will have an impact in 2 3 years so i'm not thinking short term i'm thinking you know uh, how do we create activities and projects that will have a longer term impact So that's really what's driving. Right. And what what are some of those activities? Right. So I'll tell you broadly. I'm focused on three broad areas. Uh, one set is around entrepreneurship. The second set is around data, and the third is around higher education and continuing education. Okay. So that's how I've been dividing my time right now, and uh, these are areas that I picked with the fact with the following thinking in the in mind. Right. One is I want to pick something that I'm interested in or I can make a contribution. Yeah, I don't want to go do something completely that I don't get it. I mean, I've spent 30 years doing what I've done, and there's a certain areas of expertise that I have. I want to leverage that. And second, I'm I'm trying to pick projects and activities that will have, as I said, longer term impact. So on the entrepreneurship side, I have two specific projects. Uh, one is um, we call Deyasra Foundation. So it's a personal foundation that family members have set up. It will be 10 years this year. and uh, we are focused on really small businesses we call them nano entrepreneurs these are businesses that made between 5 lakhs and 1 crore and we are focused on things like beauty salons food counters um fashion design okay um photographers those kinds of people self employed businesses and we want to see how to make them successful and we believe that in india this is a huge need because if you look at it we have almost 25 million people at every age in india below the age of 40 and at 25 million we need to have like 15 to 18 million jobs and a lot of the jobs are going to get created by job creators who are creating smaller businesses so we need to make sure that they are successful they have lots of challenges so we have a team that focuses on their challenges and helping them solve their problems and then another one we do is uh, we call second orbit and in second orbit i work with businesses that are in the 10 15 crores trying to help them to take them to 250 crores or 150 to 200 crores so how to help as i said you have these s curves right so at the end of the first s curve is where it's a founder driven s curve so you go as far as the founder is capable of now if you have to get to the second curve where you want to bring in other people uh, you have to bring other management team co-founders whatever more than co-founders other management team people and share your ownership and share management with other people that transition is very hard for the founders to do the founders also need to build some new skills and muscle to be able to make that transition so our goal is to see how to help that transition happen and that's what i'm focusing on we call it second orbit right so those are the two main projects that i work on in the um so i say in the uh, entrepreneurship bucket on the data side there are many things i'm working on but i'll tell you a couple of them So I'm very active in a foundation called the VLDB Foundation. So this is a very large database. This is an international group. We are focused on data-related things at an international level. It's an academic group. So I'm part of that endowment. I'm part of. I'm a trustee on that. 
I'm doing two data projects in healthcare right now. One is we call ICGA Foundation. This is India Cancer Genome Atlas. And we are trying to build a data set for cancer data. And I'm helping a group of cancer researchers to see how to make that happen. And then I have another one where we are working with diabetes researchers and trying to see how to build a data set for diabetes research in India. So these are the two data projects. And then I'm active in ACM and there's a whole bunch of other data related things that I'm working on. Right, right. And on the education side, I'm very interested in looking at and thinking about how to help professionals learn on an ongoing basis. So how do we create um, continuing education, continuous education or continuing education opportunities for professionals so that they are successful in their careers? Because especially in the tech and IT careers, and I work with lots of people, right? Uh, we all work in a world where uh, the things are changing so fast that we need to learn all the time. And how do you stay abreast? Where do you learn from? How do you keep upgrading your skills? And that's a very tricky thing. And I'm trying to find ways to see how to bring in various things together to make that happen. So that's really the the stuff that I've been working on. That's very interesting. Uh, the the different project that you're working on, uh, and I think there's an underlying uh, philosophy of making an impact clearly. So that's that's wonderful to hear. But but like you said, uh, and I, I something stuck in my mind was you know you said that the first S curve goes only as as much as the founder can go and then you have to bring in people and you know set up a team uh, i think there there is where the real leadership and uh, you know things like the those are really required like you said new muscles for for every founder so what has been your leadership mantra in life how have you you led in life or what would be some of the uh, i don't know tips on that on that topic <laughs> yeah i mean this is uh, you know uh, it's always you can make up something but uh, let me share a few ideas of what I think are important from the company's point of view, which I learned early on. So I'm I'm trying to say that if somebody is a founder or entrepreneur in the company, what are things I should be thinking about? Okay? So in that context, with that lens, I'll tell you a few ideas. So one one important thing was in 96-97, I transitioned from my company to our company. And that to me was a very major transition for me personally. It changed how I thought about business and how business thought about me and how we grew because of that transition. And I find that a lot of people I work with in the first orbit think that they, uh, they, the, there's very little differentiation between them and the company. It's too, too tightly connected. And that particular transition was very important for me between, say, 96, 97. When before 97, I used to think that, you know, we are all together. We are all working together. I should do what I like doing. Everyone should like do what I like what we all like doing and you know the company will be a summation of what what work each one of us does so i was a coder i liked coding yeah i was writing pro code on the projects and all of that and everyone was doing that and it, it was fun so anytime when some new project came in it was like oh shit this is going to be more work i have to figure out how to go about doing it and all that so that was very intimidating so we were sort of throttling our growth because of that and then one of the guys in the company came and said that, you know, you are doing this and throttling it for you because you don't want to do more. But what about us? Why don't you trust us to do some of these things, right? So so then I had to make that transition that it's not my company, it's our company. Okay, I'm not, uh, as Anand, if I want to be CEO of the company, then I should look at the company's interests first rather than look at my interests. 
so i was predominantly doing uh, engineering techy coding coding stuff and all that and i realized that the company found would have found my skills to be more useful if i were to do 100% sales then do some coding and some sales because like there were enough people in the company who were willing to code and coding was not the most critical constraint our constraint was sales so i i decided that okay if i'm the ceo of the company i should do what is right for the company i should do what the company wants me to do rather than what i want to do and that's when i said okay i'm going to full time move into sales and that's the best decision i made in many ways and i recommend to everyone to to learn how to sell and all that but that's different but that transition of saying you know me as an individual and me as a company are two different things and when i'm running the business okay i need to look at the business's interest first and once you change this equation into saying that you are owner of the company in the sense that you own share interest in the company there's also you are part of the management team of the company and then there is a company but all of us work for the company first so the company's response as executives who are running the company our responsibility is to to keep the company's interests first and at a point of time when you find that what the company wants you to do you don't need to do perhaps you should move on right but you should you should make choices that are right for the company of your time your activities whatever else so that was a huge transition for me and uh, this actually has many interesting consequences by by this transition i'll give you one more example so as i said i run this second orbit workshops where i talk to a lot of people and we talk about what scaling and all that means one of the biggest challenges i find is that the founders think oh this is my company uh this is my mission so the company's mission is my mission and how do i get all my employees to buy into my mission it's not like that right it should actually be here's the company i work for the company the company has a mission all people who work in the company also work for the company's mission and the company's mission right. is made by people who work for the company including me but not just my mission right so once you start to separate out who you are from the company that transition right makes a huge difference in terms of how you want to look at yourself and the business and how you want to think about scaling and all that the company needs to scale hence i should scale in that direction as well if i want to be the ceo of the company if i don't want to scale you can't stop the company in this case find somebody else to be the ceo right so lot of these decisions get tied and anchored around this fact that you know there's a company which has an independent existence and the company's ceo must think about the future of the company and not personal future and once you sort of get that orientation right then it makes life very simple and as i said you know when i made that transition from ceo role i realized that i had done the same thing for 30 years i was sort of looking at it and say yeah i mean i could keep doing it but perhaps the company can do better if i sort of step down find another ceo and i sort of remain you know but but it's a very different uh, once you put the company as the center of the activities for what you are trying to do as an entrepreneur very different from you in the center of the company in a company around you right and that transition was very important i thought right that that's so wonderful to hear uh, and very interesting i think the whole concept of making that switch whenever you feel that you know uh, there's something else that's becoming a constraint in 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 the growth of the company probably uh, is is wonderful right uh so i i want to ask this question from you and i want to understand this you know i think uh, health sciences has done wonders 
which is consistently increase the average life expectancy but i don't think the same can be said for uh, uh, you know management sciences the average age of companies sadly has been only reducing day by day uh, what would you uh, say is the reason behind behind this phenomena i think you're asking the wrong set of issues here in a sense that i think it's not about management science alone see reality is why are companies why are companies not uh, see the thing is the rate of change disruption that is happening because the environment is is very significant and is growing exponentially there are lots of changes happening on an exponent at an exponential level this was not the case 100 years back 10 years back 25 years back 50 years back now in the last 25 30 years uh, the rate of change has sort of become very exponential so for companies to keep pace with these kinds of things has become harder and harder okay and that is part of the reason why you know and also large number of companies are happening so if you draw averages and you say yeah, what is the total number of companies that have survived the numbers have come down for sure meaning the life of companies has come down but it is not just a problem with management science and i think not necessarily that better management is necessary for companies to survive on the other hand people are becoming more creative about saying that okay fine i had a mission i completed the mission at the end of the mission i exit the company meaning sell the company to somebody right and then you can you can move on company can move on to something else and somebody else who is better prepared for running the second orbit or third orbit or the fourth orbit can continue to run the company so lot of the exits that we see in the in the market today are not necessarily failures they are actually exits which are which sort of relate to the better efficiency of this whole ecosystem right meaning smaller companies now have an opportunity to get acquired you don't need to keep dragging the company at a certain point you can take an exit and keep moving on and to go start another company if you need to so a lot of the exits are not exactly meaning when you say life of the company is short meaning oh wow companies are dying very soon it's not like companies are dying in a bad way right meaning a lot of companies are yeah their their life is ending because they get bought by someone but that's a, actually not a negative event in some sense okay so you're saying uh, probably management is not the reason why Uh, if companies are failing first of all maybe that is also a wrong no but companies failing is different from life of companies right meaning companies have short life these days because a lot of companies are getting bought and sold hmm. right so if i so if you look at a startup founder most of the startup founders they want to build a business for a few years and that there's a problem they solve there's a mission they go after it they get to a certain scale now when they want to launch it to the next level instead of doing it themselves they feel it's better to go start a new one so they want to sell this business off and come to the new one i see that as a success of management rather than yes the company may have ended because they have moved into some other company but it's i don't think that's a failure so attributing failure to the fact that companies have shorter life is not correct yes they have shorter life yeah so what but these startups for that short life have not really made money right no there is all kinds let's not generalize some make money some don't but if they have created value let's focus on that if somebody is buying them then they have created value that someone found useful enough to buy right hmm right or maybe to kill the competition i don't know <laughs> yeah but there's value right 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 great so okay uh, i i buy your point but yes i i am concerned about the way uh in which the startups or probably the companies of the new age are going uh, for the individual and for the society at large as well uh so yeah uh, there are some signs that i am concerned about but i think uh, you have a different opinion about it right so what i'm saying is that you know you should not generalize in these kind of things i think every startup has their own journey right every startup is a learning opportunity and as in life uh, you know uh, when 
companies get consumed by somebody else they help someone else also so i think it's the ecosystem play that you have to look at right and what i can say especially with the india context right now you will find that we are making some tremendous progress in the whole startup innovation ecosystem as we talk about because if you looked at when i started say 1990 95 2000 2005 15 10 whatever and you look at the next 5 years i think uh, you will find that every 5 years the the quality of startups the quality of entrepreneurs the quality of the ecosystem the ambition and the aspiration of startup founders to take on bigger and more interesting problems or more complex problem with global appeal has gone up right and it's very hard to say okay startups are this and that you know it's a it's a function of the ecosystem when startups when lots of startups start many of them are not going to survive you don't know which ones which won't whatever but those who don't survive they are also feeding into the ecosystem so that next generation of startups are better so you have to look at this as a journey and not necessarily pick on the fact that oh lots of startups are getting burned or you know many startups are doing things that are not meaningful as any yeah it's all okay it's all the whole ecosystem is benefiting from each other every mistake the founder learns something and everyone should look at it as how do we get better that should be our goal Right. Uh, what I'm trying to refer to is that, you know, startups at large, we have lots of startups. Many of them will fail. Some will succeed, and some will super succeed. Right. That's that's way of life, and you have to accept that. And that's good for the f- the fact that many will s- not survive is also good for the ecosystem. Every startup doesn't have to, you know, become a unicorn. Yeah. yeah obviously. Right. 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 great i i see a point and i and i uh, totally respect that and i take i i stand corrected for that matter right so uh, answer before we move to the next section uh, which is our concluding section i just have one more question for you uh, what is one piece of advice you'll probably like to give all our listeners everyone who's listening hmm i know you give you one corny advice is to be persistent okay <laughs> as somebody who runs persistent that's the if you ask me for one advice that's the one that i think matters the most right so at the end of it if you look at it in any part of life anything you do any which way you look at it those who succeed are those who are persistent meaning the worst thing you can do is to give up right right so being persistent is the key to success and there's pretty nice quotes on this topic you can look them up but you know you look at it any which way it's the is those who are persistent that that survive actually and survival is very important and you succeed if you survive right that's wonderful uh, the fact that you have uh, you know i don't know if that was the reason that you named your company persistent no i'll tell you what yeah. we named it so as i said you know i did a i have a database phd okay and anybody yeah. who runs database systems these are systems that are persistent so if you look at persistent systems it's a technical term for data related system and why are they called persistent systems is that when you pull the plug on a disk the data still remains it's persistent it doesn't go away oh okay in main memory the data whatever is sitting there is transient it goes away hmm so so systems that are persistent are data systems which are database related and that's how that was the main reason for why we named it persistent systems because that was our business that we were working on but you know it's a very nice name right yeah it's a wonderful <laughs> name <laughs> yeah that that's an attitude in itself a complete attitude for for probably success yeah yeah lovely great so i'll i'll quickly move to the last and concluding section of the podcast uh, and this is a common one across all my uh, 69 episodes until now 
uh, it's called the teller secret section and uh, like you know we we call the show secrets of storytellers so as a practice i want to ask one secret uh, from persistent systems that you probably have not shared a lot in the open so what would you tell us no so one of the secrets that i would i say is call it a secret but this is something that we don't talk a whole lot about is that uh, we have had many um, failures we have tried out many different things uh, we have always been on the fringe of trying out new things so i have tried lots of experiments many of them have failed okay or did not succeed as well as i had thought they would succeed but uh, you know uh, you may say okay there's a bad decision all that we all learned from all these ex- you know these kinds of things so for very early on i tried to become a distributor for a product that we were working with we tried distributing in india that didn't work out we tried building products many times we tried in the early 90s also we built some products we could never sell them so we said okay yare nahi ban raha shut down karo then we tried to create another company to focus on india market on b2b commerce that didn't work too well so we shut that down then we did another set of things so like this you know as persistent we have experimented a lot over the last uh, 25 30 years so we continue to have a main business that has been consistent but we have we have been very um, adventurous in some ways or the other adventurous is not the right word but you know we have, i wouldn't say we have been gambling on any of those things but we have tried new experiments new ideas to see you know what might work i have i have tried out different kinds of things i have enabled people to say okay you run this business and most of them have not necessarily succeeded as well but but you know these are things that you do if you want so so it's not a straight line there are many things you do which don't work and that's that's the message i would give to people so yeah I meaning we have tried many things lovely great thank you so much uh, anand sir that was a great uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, advice so to say uh, for everyone of us and uh, i think that tells a lot and uh, tells a lot as to how to lead life probably in whatever profession you are beat an entrepreneur or or, or a or a job for that matter so thanks a lot uh, once again for your time it was it was wonderful uh, having you on the show and it was a pleasure to host you thank you so much thank you thanks a lot i hope uh, you had a good time as well and we'll stay in touch definitely definitely and for all the listeners this is shubham signing off if you have any questions or if you want to write to us any comments please let us know please write to us the link is in the details thank you bye bye